Okay, welcome everybody to the, I want to say, fifth or possibly sixth podcast on Bad Numbers. Um, this week, uh, I have the pleasure of having Nida Kazmi on with me. She's graciously uh, offered to come on and do an interview with me. Um, so thank you for, for coming on. And if you know you have anything you want to introduce yourself on or maybe tell people a little bit about you so they know where to find you. Hi, Chris, and thank you for having me on the show. It's all my pleasure. It's something actually that I've been looking forward to um, recently more than anything else because I have lots of questions to ask. As for me, I used to host my own uh, podcast called The Exponential You uh, some years ago. And I used to really enjoy having just the kind of conversation that we're about to have. So it's actually a really nice return to come back to something that I really enjoy, which is to get um, extract information out of people. And what I love about it is that I'm often able to extract the things that they haven't yet spoken to before from perspectives that haven't been presented to them before. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, I'm in social media marketing and uh, uh, basically dancing uh, to the, my little teapot on the dance floor. <laughs> that's, a new, that's my new thing these days. Actually, what I would like to do is if in a nutshell you could, and I'm sure you've done this before, if in a nutshell you could go to what it is that you speak about from a female's perspective, uh, like let's say like a couple of lines so that we can start from there as a baseline. The purpose of me working with women and what I'm looking to achieve or the part of her that I'm looking to engage with is always going to be the part of her where her allowing comes from the part of her where her receptivity comes from the part of her where her fearlessness and her own authenticity comes from because that's what's lacking so much because when a woman comes in contact with her authenticity with her with her own nature she'll naturally be in a place of love but totally embodied in it and the reason that I do the work that I do with women is to help restore this quality on a grander scale as possible because it's the quality that is needed most right now on the planet. I would naturally agree. <laughs> so, okay. So before I start my questions, I think it would be important to point out some of the things that you see that are going against the things that you mentioned. Some, let's just take some tangible examples, maybe things that you hear very often or see women doing that is really out of our nature and genuinely not serving us. Wanting to be like a man. This is the most prominent issue that I see when women come to me. It's the toughness. It's the hardness. It's the fact that the woman has to be totally non-receptive to life around her and even to her intuition. Because you see, when a woman cuts off her receptivity, she stops being able to, to interface with life in an intelligent way. So the main issue I see is the fact that women have been told that your feeling 
your femaleness, which includes the embellishment, the lovingness, the nourishment that, that women naturally can bring in almost a magician type of way, that has been seen as small, less than, and weak, and not supported in society as something of value. So now what we've done is we've taken our women and we've pulled them outside and we've strapped the bag on their back and told them to shape up and put the hard hat on and, and go do what a man does. And that's why men are here, to do what a man does. And women are here to do what a woman does. So that's really what I'm seeing to be the main thing that is stealing women's life, happiness, bliss, pleasure from them. It's mm. the fact that their softness is not being valued. So then she needs to step outside of her nature in order to do something where she think where she thinks she will receive love, appreciation, and respect in return for. But that thing is nothing like her. Mm. That makes a lot of sense to me naturally, given the the fact that uh, I when I would grow up, as I was growing up, and it's it's absolutely uh, in my nature to be very very caring and loving, yeah. and I and I would imagine any any woman right. And I remember one of the things that has stuck to me from the past is when I was would be caring, people would say, "Okay, mom, what are you, my grandma?" Mm-hmm. And those statements might sound light in the moment, but they're not. They they plant a seed that yes. tells me or any other female who hears that, that it's not okay to be caring. It's a weakness that mm-hmm. I don't want your care. Mm-hmm. It, it totally downplays the beautifulness of that nurturing nature. Absolutely. And then over time, it's just one example. Over time, there's more things that happen and more things that are said and done that compound over time to someone, basic, a female who's ultimately extraordinarily confused in who she is. And then she often turns around and lashes out or has throws tantrums in her own way and creates a very distorted reality around her, which then leads to ultimately like the intangible examples, things that we see, like, uh, for example, just last night I was speaking with a girlfriend of mine and she was talking about some guy that she liked and she's like, yeah, but then, you know, he wants to spend all the time with me, but then he's afraid of commitment. And although now, and, and definitely to you, we're like, oh, that's a red flag. The guy is a total joker he's looking to waste your time he doesn't even know what he wants Mm -hmm. if i would say that to her it would make no sense to her because her self-perception is so distorted from the years of whatever she's picked up Mm -hmm. because women naturally are receptacles from an energetic standpoint a woman is always picking up everything because that is your role So if a woman happens to be around something of very low quality, of very low consciousness, very detrimental belief systems or behaviors or thoughts, she is naturally picking that up. And how she works is whatever she takes in, 
she feeds, she nourishes, and then she gives birth to in her own life later on. Mm. And if not fed properly, then she's giving birth to distorted things. Yes. So a woman really needs to be aware and always listening to her body, to her intuition when she's in the company of men especially, but really anything. Yeah, you know, a small example of that. So last night, um, I was sitting with my mentors and I was supposed to call somebody and they kept encouraging me, go ahead, call her, call her, go ahead, it's okay. Like, And something in my body just kept saying, nope, not going to do it. And I had to call and follow up with a few more people, which I did easily. And I And I still may not be clear on why my body was reacting to not wanting to call this person, but I knew better than to call this person because there was something, I felt like there was something that would be triggered or like, let's say like stirring up the dirty waters, like something that I did not want to be around. And it's as subtle as that. You don't have to have a clear answer on why, but I know better than to listen, Uh, better to listen. And and another example might be last week, I was supposed to get on a call with an old friend of mine. And I thought, hey, you know what? I I should invite Amber. Amber is my best friend and my business partner. I was like, I should invite Amber on that call for no reason, right? But then I was like, no, I mean, she doesn't know her. What is she going to do on that call? I just excused it out. And then when I got on the call with my friend, Ruth, Within a few minutes, I realized why Amber should have been on that call. Mm. And although I'm scheduling that call in now, but that intuition was also there. And it's always going to be what you said, subtle. Very. It's always going to be subtle. Always. It will be loud at some instances, but for the majority of the time, it's always going to be subtle to the point where the person really needs to to listen, feel, and actually trust it. Because most people feel it, but they don't trust it. They go up to their mind and they make a decision based on what they think is right. And then, of course, it falls apart or it hurts them. Correct. Um, so I wanted to go back to the fact that I was on your webinar that you were doing a week or so ago with all men. And then halfway in, I jumped on. You had asked a female to jump on. So two questions out of that. First of all, first question would be, why did you ask for a female to jump on when you were doing a group webinar for men? Well, the first reason is because it gets to... It gets to certain points where I've really covered the majority of what I need to cover um, when it comes to communicating specific things to specific men in the way that they need to hear it or they need to feel it. And at this point, I will in, I will automatically say, okay, how can I assist them even more? And the quickest answer for me on that is to bring feminine energy. Because as soon as as femininity starts to come in, the people on the call, it will start to bring up things in them as men that they may not have been bringing forward to me. I always say that the easiest way to see where a man is at is to drop him in front of a beautiful woman. 
because he can mm-hmm. attempt to lie all he needs to do. But as soon as you put him in front of a woman that starts to move him in any way, the reality of his internal situation will very much bubble to the surface. And secondly, because there's a huge amount of learning, um, experiential felt sense learning in watching a male who understands himself engaging with a woman. So them seeing us, you and me engaging together, there's so much learning in that. Just based on watching it and feeling it and, and trying to be aware of what exactly is actually going on on the deeper or within the deeper elements. That makes sense. And I and I think when I first got on the call, the first thing that I noticed, just could be me, it could be a female thing, is everyone's face was very sullen looking, like just serious or like literally upside down smile. And then within a few minutes, you could start seeing everybody just start to like shoulders drop, they start to smile a little bit and then like bigger and bigger smiles and their their voice tonality changes. They get softer, they get kinder like they were very kind yeah so kind they're very kind men that's the beautiful part of it but it almost takes a woman's softness to bring that out of them oh absolutely i i think one of the most common uh compliments that i get from men is that it's so peaceful to be around me which i granted may or may not mean that their current life barometer is so it's so noisy it's so that the the threshold is so low for them to to alternate into peace because their current life feels or is so chaotic and noisy however the transformation is is really extraordinary to watch because you see them completely quiet down completely still they'll relax and many times they'll talk about things uh, you know, it's so common for me to hear things from them that they don't tell any singular other person, which sounds insane because mm-hmm. there are things that sound excruciating mm-hmm. for them yeah. to be dealing with. And what's really cool about it is that I often try to bring this out in a crowd, like in a mixed crowd, like, for example... Um, I have a, a couple of friends, they're all couples. And so one day I asked them, you know, if we're all here now, we're fine. But if you had one regret or if, like if you would describe your experience with your past relationship, like what was that? That was that one thing. And people were saying, you know, I don't really regret much. I regret the time loss. I'm fine now. But then with a, within a few moments, I started to hear stories from my guy friends that I I couldn't imagine that this is what they went through when they were going through their divorce. Like one of my friends said, I would come home, leave my keys and my phone, everything inside the house, leave the house, go sit in my car and scream at the top of my head because I didn't know what to do about that situation. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't just being said to me or heard by me. It was being heard by all of our other mutual friends. And it created a sense of relation that they'd never gotten from him before. Yes. And it, it's 
perpetuated the other guy friends to share their stories, which ultimately for me created so much respect for them, so much empathy for them, so much um, so much power in those statements and the things that they were sharing about what they went through or what they're going through. And I'm honored that they shared it. And I and I wish, I really wish that it didn't come down to one person having to uh, kind of in an aware manner, like coerce us out. I wish people felt more comfortable to share because in the same light, I feel like I would feel comfortable to share the same things also because... Which is why they're spoken to you. Okay, Which is why they're there with you. Because you see, you're comfortable in that level of self-tension. You're comfortable expressing yourself to the specific depth that you are. That's always going to be resonating with the people around you in terms of what they feel comfortable enough to bring up and out to the surface with you. Now, granted, there was other people involved, but as the person who coerced it out of them or directed it in that way, you were very much a stabilizing factor and a supporting factor in that type of communication where they almost where their internal female felt safe enough to express herself. Because men's biggest fear that they deal with is their internal female. And that's seen how they relate with the external female. So due to your very relaxed and calm and stabilized self, where you're almost opening your arms to that type of expression, and in a very carefree and not judgmental way, that's going to be very healing for men. Because it's going to give them the opportunity to have these types of conversations. I love it. And that helps me segue into my second question about that webinar that you did. Um, you, you, you literally worded it in a specific way. You were, I was on that call and you were uh, structurally taking me in a particular direction. And the reason you had to actually take me there in a sequential way is because I'm not used to going that way. That way being actually coming up to someone and saying, I'm not okay. Yes. Or I have a problem. Yes. <laughs> and that was, I, I, I would venture to say that that was the first time I've heard verbalized from a man, give me all your fucking problems. Yeah. <laughs> give them to me. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. I don't know what that reality, I don't know what that means. And, and so let me sort of give a backdrop and then I'd love for you to explain how that helps women. Mm-hmm. So majority of the time, so the world that I live in, entrepreneurial world is very much personal development. Um, and, and most people are generally aware of the masculine feminine. However, still my experience is that, for example, I rarely, I rarely call upon people for help. Collaboration, yes. Giving, helping them, yes. But asking for help, it's very rare. So if I do call you, A, 
it has required some level of courage in me to say, could I have solved this on my own? No, I definitely need someone's help. And then to call them and ask. B, when I do call and, you know, or, or people might have asked me like, how are you doing? And I say, not okay, whatever. People will often, especially men, they will often try to reframe me or, or kind of push me, push, push me back up, like try to get me to hold my own, yeah. which is a very, very male-to-male um, interaction methodology. It is not what you do with a woman because if you do it to me once, I'll probably never call you back because I'll feel like an idiot for having called you to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how so on that day when you said come to me with all your problems and and over the last oh, since then basically I've been I've been feeling into that going holy crap I don't actually have that in my life where I can go to someone I mean I do now actually with one of my friends who also started to work with you some years ago and now is doing really really well mm-hmm. um However, that's you know like what one person besides you, <clears throat> insanely low number, yeah. and right, and I and I'm thinking like, oh my god, no, no wonder it takes us or takes me a certain amount of time or a certain amount of distortion, like whatever whatever it is, these stupid highs and lows that I experience because there's no place for me to actually go and crash against and just fall apart and that's safe. Before I respond, what what's the question? So I know so, what... So the, so the, the question is, is why... Is that important for women to have that? And what does it do for women? Oh, actually, I should ask, what does it do for a man to offer that to a woman? Because all we've ever heard in my generation is you don't need a white knight. You don't need someone to come save you. You can do this. You've got yourself. You've got to be whole. Well, from the male perspective, me speaking to you and engaging with you energetically and verbally the way I did that day, I didn't do that from a white knight or to save the day. I'm I'm never doing anything for that reason. I'm doing it because when I speak to you as a woman, I want to feel you vibrating and emanating as a woman. And if you're not vibrating as a woman around me as a male, then I really have no desire to continue the engagement with you because it's of no enhancement to my life as a man. And it's also of no benefit to your life as a woman if I was to continue as a man to hold you in the lackluster state that you've arrived to me in. So the most important thing is that I need to figure out where I need to be standing internally with you and how I need to make love to you in order to bring you back up to the surface. Because that's the only way enhancement will ever be felt from both parties, from both genders, from both sides. So for a male to be able to offer this, he really needs to do his spiritual work to the point of being able to come back to deeply understanding himself and his nature and doing what he needs to do in order to allow himself to walk around in his life as a man, as it's intended for him to be as a man. Not the politeness he sees, 
not the political correct versions of him that he sees, a man who isn't being told what to do every second of his life and who isn't putting one foot in front of the other based on what everyone expects from him. A man who's lived and governed totally by his own internal way, his own internal divinity, godliness, whatever you want to refer to it as. There's many words that you can use. So that's from the male perspective. If I want to speak to a man, I'll go speak to a man. If I'm speaking with a woman, I want to, I want to speak to a woman. I want to engage with a female. The biggest, the biggest issue or problematic situation in society right now is that the men have not done their work. So the men are deeply feminized and not even from a positive standpoint, from a negatively feminized standpoint. So that takes any ability for the man to feel his own power and ability to deal with life's situations, with the community situations, um, because he can't even have his own shit together. He can't even bring himself to a place of stabilization. So how is he supposed to do that for a community? And for a woman, when you came to me that day, just to get more detailed into into why I was, you know, telling you, give me your problems, give me your pain, give me your stress, give me your frustration, because I don't want to see you wearing it. Because if you're wearing that, it makes it much more difficult for me to get to your heart. If a woman has to pick up all the slack that the man-child has been unable to pick up, now she has to attempt to do two jobs. One is to be a woman. And the other is to be a man. So she needs to take all of the, the problems and the stresses and the, the issues that face the community directly that the man should really be taking care of. She now has to take that on her shoulders and carry that weight around. So, of course, women are pissed off. Of course, she doesn't want to feel anything because if she was to feel for even one second, she'd feel how afraid she was. She'd feel how intimidated and overwhelmed and just tired she is because she's never been able to, just given the small opportunity to fall back into her softness, into her receptivity, into the space of everything is beautifully okay and that man standing over there beside me has it handled. I know when I'm with him, he has it handled. So I can do and be the most beautiful gift that I can do and be for that man who has it handled. And this has nothing to do with being subservient to a male. Because as soon as I start speaking like that, women get, oh, no, this is about, you know, being subservient to the male and, and being weak as a woman. And it's nothing to do with that. It's to do with being in your nature and it's to do with being in the place internally that is actually going to keep you alive and healthy and happy. So Thanks when so I see a woman, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when I, when I see a woman carrying all of that, that misery on her, first of all, I'm looking at the men around me going, what the fuck have you been doing? Look at this. <laughs> Look at what you're allowing occur. This is ridiculous. She should be freed up to be in her power so she can go and move around in her life as a powerful woman. Not to be babysitting man children. 
but she feels like she has no other choice because the men she comes in contact, they don't even have possession of themselves. So, of course, she's worried. She's cautious. She can't trust him. She can't rely on him. And then women seem to relate to that statement as it's so bad to rely on, on a man <laughs> because you've been so mishandled and you've been told so many ill truths that have made you, not you specifically, but you've noticed it. So many women swear off men, see men as the enemy, push them away. I don't need no man. No, you need a man. A man, a real man, will make your life so beautiful and so worthwhile and so meaningful and will bring you so much bliss and lovingness that you can share in the rest of your life. But if you don't need no man and you don't have a man in your life, not even have a man, that was the wrong use of words, but if you don't get to be around one, you're going to be miserable. Fact. Fact. Correct. And we just need a little bit of intelligence to come back and stop being so afraid. And I'm speaking to the men on this, to not be so afraid of telling the truth. I don't give a shit if someone likes what I say or not. <laughs> because I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to attempt to restore what has been so deeply misused and abused. And one side of that is women. The other side is men. <laughs> very, both, both of which are very, very big pieces. And, and I'm laughing, although in the moment and, and outside of this conversation, it's truly not funny in the least bit because the repercussions are so far and wide and so varied and so insidious that most of the time people don't even realize the damage that has been caused and is being caused and continues to cause into the future that they have not even seen yet. Mm. And when I speak like this, the general public uh, has a tendency to say, you know what, you're seriously overthinking this. That's a, another very common thing that I response that I get. You're overthinking this. And 99% of the time, this response comes from men, which is a clear and very direct indicator of where they are in their level of bullshitting themselves exactly. and therefore trying to bullshit me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the level of let's bullshit the women around me from men is, it, you know, it's so high on the receiving end that it's, it's almost exhausting and, and, and relaxing to, to not go out at all or engage with certain people just to keep one's mouth quiet because it's, oh my God, I don't want to go into this battle with this person of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it never really has to be a battle. You just stand for, for everything you stand for. And just use that as a gift. Just use, to, use it to share. And if someone wants to argue on it, I don't argue with anybody. I cannot remember the last time I had an argumentative discussion with any, because frankly, I don't care. I don't care to argue with anything that is, is insane. 
Because in order to beat it, you need to be more insane. <laughs> you can't win unless you're more insane than them. You know, th- this uh, reminds me, the other night I went out dancing, uh, what was a Saturday night, and I, I met up with a couple of girlfriends there, and we were just feeling very silly. And I think the common thing between us three is that we're rather real. And at some point, and this is swing dancing, so at some point we're just dancing and then the dance ends and we're looking around. We're like, well, nobody's asking us or everybody's busy. So we'll just dance together. I'm like, we can do this. So then I start doing some nonsense moves from like the 80s. Like totally, this is like not the dance we're here for. And my other friend starts to do my little teapot. So we're, we're all dancing and, you know, singing my little teapot. And it was so amazing because we're just having the time of our life. And in comes this man and just joins us right in. And it was so much fun because just us having fun was enough to bring him into that. And when we were done, uh, then I went and danced with him. And it was just fun. And it was really cool to see how we transformed him mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going back to... Um, the earlier point about the, the men, our men and arguments and all of that, there, there certainly is. Um, actually, I, I'm going to give you an example. So, uh, do you, did you? I don't know if you watched Wonder Woman, the movie. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Okay. When I watched it, and I'm granted it's created for theatrical and and you know to make, make money, money and all of that. When I saw it. I saw such a discrepancy in the storyline and how they played out the Wonder Woman character because she is raised by um, basically an Amazonian a warrior woman tribe. Uh, and her mother is the, the lead of all of those women. And, you know, you see the women behave very, in a very particular way. They're very strong. They're very held together. And then she... Wonder Woman herself throughout the entire film has zero emotional stability, no emotional control. She's crying continuously through the entire movie. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, when in real life have you ever seen a woman constantly crying and going, oh no, what will we do now? And turning to the man going, help me. And why did you do like that helplessness? And that distorted uh, uh, projection of how women are, it, it was so, um, it didn't reconcile. And so as I would bring up this point to other people, they're like, honestly, you're overthinking it. And I'm like, no, you're underthinking it because in just like in TV, like nine out of 10 men are portrayed as bumbling fools, like idiots who can't figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And then... On the same hand, women are portrayed as like total sidekicks running around and freaking, um, what is that dinosaur movie? Come on. I'm having a total brain blank moment. The only one I know Jurassic, is Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, so Jurassic <laughs> Park, <laughs> running in the jungle, walking around this massive park in high heels, like, like that, you know, and emotionally, totally bankrupt, like no control, like that is the depiction that people are constantly buying into over and over and over. It's depicting women as complete idiots. Absolutely. 
very, it's a very reductionist view. And the challenge with it is, yes, I understand marketing. Yes, I understand the need to make money. However, uh, uh, Ocean's 8 just came out. And I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ocean's 8 is a play on Ocean's 13, where it was all men. And so this one is all women. And it was done beautifully. The women are strong, they're confident, they're funny, they're sassy, they're feminine, and they're intelligent. Like it was such an incredible, relatable, relatable movie to see and say, yeah, you know what? I can I can actually understand her. Mm-hmm. And they're so that that's so, so rare. Like I was telling you the other day, Amber and I were talking. We don't have a female role model in the public. Yeah. We have no representative, no example of what does she look like? What does she talk like? What does she behave like? How does she live her life? How does she engage with other people? Mm -hmm. That's the sad reality of it. There's no barometer to to check against, right? Like you have all the uh, Gary Vaynerchuks of the world and the Tony Robbins of the world and uh, Richard Branson, all of these men who are talking to their audience, who like basically as a man does to a man and the women are listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you see everyone wants to be equal. (laughs) So they completely misconstrue what the word equal actually means. They think it means the same. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want to be I, I hope not. And see, here's the other thing is that you're, you're looking for the model. It's sitting in you. You are a woman. The closer you can start to come back to you, to yourself, and be with that soft part of you, be with that receptive, beautiful intelligence that you naturally have and actually make sure you nourish it and spend time with it. The bigger that starts to get, the more you will know how to engage with other people as that individual, because you are a woman. That energy moves through you. That is your external energy. So you don't even really need to see it externally because you are the thing that you're looking for. But it's going to come down to how much are you willing to totally trust the way that you want to move in your life? And are you so outlandishly ambitious that you totally trust in the fact that you being within your nature will still bring you all the things and more that you're currently chasing when you're attempting to pull yourself up? That's the level of trust that a person will need. It would almost perpetuate an identity crisis. I hope something, so. Yeah. Not, not like something that I'm not afraid of. I've gone through enough of such things over the last couple of years to know the painful yet exhilarating joy on the other side of it. You go through the process and you come out and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. However, I, I wonder about... Um, Besides, you know, yes, Amber and I are examples, as are plenty of other women. Uh, I wonder about a bigger example, something that people like that all the where all of the attention is. 
Can you clarify what you mean by where all of the attention is? So, so people pay attention to things that are destructive in nature. So they're more prone to pay attention to the Kardashians, for example, or P. Diddy or whatever, like celebrities or train wrecks. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, like one might even argue actually that Oprah is an example of a, of a leader. And A, she's an entertainment. Now she's a fairly congruent person when you meet her in real life and what you see on TV. However, you were of the opinion that she's she's not feminine. No. Oprah, Oprah infects the minds of women. Utterly infects. Okay. Utterly, talk, she, talk about that. Well, she has specific qualities that are endearing. The main identity of her is that she's come through so much hardship and abuse and all of these horrendous things have happened to her. Um, and she's come through all of that. And she's come to a place in her life where now she's at the top and she's always been at the top of what she does. And she's, she's so grounded and so strong and, and so collected. And, and it's difficult to verbally describe it, but her energetic is of that of a male. There, there is no femaleness to her. Very, very little female energy that's vibrating with her. And the quickest way to, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just, this just came to me. The quickest way to tell where Oprah is vibrating from and how she's moving through her life is to go to a man and say, tell me how much Oprah arouses you. Oh. There's nothing. This so, is the hardest truth of, of the matter, where you can just cut directly to the sexual energetics of an individual. Because <laughs> this just, cuts through everything. This I just had no to laugh. <laughs> this question is it's so to the point. It's so true. I never thought of it that way because I'm not a guy, maybe. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> like There's nothing about her that turns me on either. No. So then... When a woman nurtures herself, um, I, I have some ideas around that, and then you can add to it. So if, if to the women who are listening and they want to take care of themselves, they want to reach into things that help them come back to their original sense and feeling, sense of feeling. One of the things that I heard recently was that water changes women. It calms our centers down. So whether it's a shallow body of water, it's you've taken a bath, you're in a small inflatable pool, what, whatever, cold, warm, hot, what, it doesn't matter. But just for a woman to engage with a body of water really centers us. Have, are you familiar with that? Or? In my own experience, it's, it's deeply centering to, to everybody. Just... Mm due to the nature of water. Women will be much more closely linked to it because water is feminine. Everything about it is, is female. Mm-hmm. Um, so a woman will have a much more natural capacity to kind of melt into it. Whereas a man will be cleaned by it. Mm-hmm. A man will be freshened by it. 
a man will be woken up by it. A woman will start to feel more emotions. A woman will start to feel more pleasure from the whole taking a bath situation. That's why a woman gets into a bath and she wants to light candles and have, have scents that start to arouse her senses. And then she comes into the steamed bath and she wants to be nice and kind to her skin. And, and so it's a very, it's a sexual thing. It's, it's all totally a sexual experience that will support her in softening and coming back to, to communicating with herself more, to letting go more that's true part part two of that uh, suggestion was not just to sit in the bath for example but to play to play in the water and it made me think back to all the times that i've ever done that and and i recently on saturday i took a bath and like my favorite thing to do is like if i put a bath bomb in there i don't just let it sit and like do its thing i, I play with it and i've always been inclined to play in the water Mm. and what's interesting is so after the bath and i'm playing and enjoying whatever suddenly the world around me is more at my beck and call than it was prior to that of course because you're more in alignment absolutely it's more like a a very quick example of proof this is how simple it is this is so simple women are because <laughs> there's this running understanding just from a global standpoint that all oh, women are so difficult to understand and women don't even understand it. this is bullshit this is utter nonsense women are so simple so simple very. We're just yeah. confused and very caught up in, and occupied with the managing of the nonsense from the other side because we can't get to ourselves. <laughs> because you, you're holding so much on your shoulders. You've got so much inept responsibility because the men have been caught with their pants down. Yeah, I'm beginning to find that when I do call bullshit out, so, you know, and 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 however way sometimes it's really kind sometimes it's abrupt and to the point depends on how i'm feeling and how much how annoyed i am uh it's generally speaking we have a lot of fragile egos running around and i've gotten to the point where i used to be diplomatic and now i'm just like you know what go just go i don't want i don't even want to engage in this whatever this thing is that you're thinking is a conversation (laughs) (laughs) but as a woman you can cut into that with your your honesty and your rawness that's all backed by your lovingness that's backed by your softness so okay so that's confusing when i hear it this way because there's a part of you that said to me say it the way you need to say it Mm -hmm. say it the way you're feeling it Mm -hmm. and there's times when i'm just i'm just straight up irritated i'm pissed uh, because I've been ignored or I've been like con- persistently misunderstood or taken out of context, but let's say by the same person. Mm. And there's, there's times when I'll do it like nicely and gently. So what do you mean when you say, as long as it's backed by your love? So never do anything nicely. That's the first point. Because for you to do something nicely, you got to go inside and you got to put on a performance. Never do anything nicely ever. Let go of the word nice. It shouldn't even be a, an option in your vocabulary or in your way of being. 
What I'm talking about <laughs> is whatever's moving in you, let it out, but let it out from a celebrationary standpoint. Because when you're celebrating something, you're doing it from the heart. And as a woman, it's very essential that you're grounding into your breasts and your heart. So if you're pissed off, feel how pissed off you are and breathe into the pissed offness. And then I'm fucking pissed off and start just let it out. But do it from a celebratory standpoint where you're getting to celebrate your art. You are art. So if you're painting a picture to, to depict the, the angst that you're feeling, yeah, there's angst there, but there's beautifulness that comes out of it. Anything that comes out of a woman has the option to be mind-blowingly and transform transformationally beautiful in its texture. It all depends on where the woman is, is speaking and channeling it from. If it's coming from mind, if it's coming from you're pissed off because you've compromised yourself as a woman by even allowing yourself to be in the situation that's pissing you off, that's a different texture. Because now you're, you're more pissed off at yourself. So what would that look like when I'm not painting, but I'm actually talking to someone and saying, what the fuck, dude? Well, exactly that. Let it out as you feel it. So I'm really repeating what I've previously told you to do. Yeah. But you see, the lovingness I speak of, that's more about you're doing it and you're letting it out because of how much you love and adore yourself. You're doing it because you know you have no other option. Even in the work that I do, some people may, may hear me and, and engage with me and say, well, you're, you're so harsh and blunt and, and slightly scary at times, but I can feel lots of love behind it. There's a safety in it. There's a security in it. Once underneath your expression, Nida, is your lovingness of yourself. It's all good. Once you mean no harm to others, it's all good. People need to see how much they've pissed you off. <laughs> How else are they going to know how to be with you? A man needs to know how much he's frustrated you, but not in a way where you're venting on him and telling him what to do. Never tell a man what to do. Let out how he's making you feel and give him some opportunity and some time and some moments to hopefully catch the other end of the rope and say, ah, okay, wait a second. I'm responsible for this. Let me look inside of myself as a male and see what I'm doing internally that's creating this chaos in her. Because as soon as you start to vent and you tell a man, stop doing this and start doing this, he shuts down because now you emasculate him. As soon as a man feels like you're, you're telling him how to be, he wants to get away from you. And he'll scream back at you he'll become reactive to you because all it does is bully the little child in him. You can let out all of your anger and sadness and frustration, but do it from a felt sense and from an explanatory sense, almost from a moment-to-moment -moment 
narrative of what's going on with you. So you give him a whole bunch of clues. But if you have to literally take him to the water and force him to drink, you really don't need to be around that man anymore. Because he'll never get it. And that's just the harsh reality of it. Let him see what he's doing to you. Let him see what he's bringing up in you. And let him figure it out. Because once he does his work to figure it out, you have more of him now for the next step. But if you give him the answer, he's always going to be coming to you for the answer. Now you've got a baby. And you'll get closer and closer to him and you'll become even more loving and supportive with him. But one day you'll wake up and realize that you've been sleeping with a child and he no longer arouses you. There's nothing in him when he walks past you that starts to tickle you. So you're going to start naturally looking for that elsewhere. Naturally. I, it's interesting, and as I'm hearing you speak, there's points that are, for me at least, connecting, dots that are pieces of the puzzle that are connecting, while at the same time, there's also pieces that as you're saying it, my brain is just cataloging through the examples that I see in real life with the past and with friends who currently don't realize, Um, like there's there's a friend of mine who got engaged to another friend and uh, someone asked me, they're like, well, you know, what do you think? And I said, look, it's really, it's, it's fine right now. Okay. It's okay. And it's fine. But in a few years, she's going to get really pissed off because this person has no intensity to them and it's going to wear on her. And right now she's compromising and a lot of women are compromising in different things. She's compromising for a level of, let's say, um, security. Uh, it's, a, it's a baseline that's far above the one then that she experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. But in a few years, this is all going to start to get very twisted because it didn't start out right. And there's... I don't I don't I haven't found a place for me to bring this up. I don't know that I need to or want to. I, I I would love to, to be honest, actually. I would love to say to her, for God's sakes, what are you doing? Say it. If she wants to unfriend you for that, then at least you've you've almost helped her. Women sacrifice everything for that security so they can have one of their own so they can have a guy for keeps and they'll sacrifice everything including their sex women will spend years with a man who's never really made love to them just because it's a husband or it's partner and they have the house and they're paying the taxes and paying the mortgage and they're having the kids and the dogs and they're resembling what society sees sees and rewards as being a healthy movement forward. Most women sacrifice a whole lot of their life, if not all their life, when it comes to 
feeling magnificent just to have a low-level meal that they can have for keeps. A man who truly understands himself, you can never have that man. <laughs> that man is never going to be yours or anybody's. Now, will that man be open to you, doors open to you whenever you need him? Sure. At least that's how I relate. I'm always available. Women settle. Oh, you know, I've had my fun with the bad boys and I've had loads of one night stands or I've done the party girl thing and I've had all that fun. But you know what? No, it's time to get a little bit more dead and settle down with Joe Bloggs and just be with mediocrity because I want to have a child or I want to progress further. This is the, the detriment that has come across us. To the women who make that decision, you know, I, I speak to them and I, I feel them because these are the women who come to me. These are so many of the types of women that come to me for, for the work that I do. Long-term relationships. And they settle for a man of low-level energy, low-level intensity, low-level intelligence. Just because he popped the question. And she could have him for keeps because women play so much of their value on a man being with them in that way. They think if they don't have a boyfriend or they don't have someone that they call theirs, that they're not good enough, they're not attractive enough. A woman is a powerful, free creature. A woman's sex is her nature. As soon as a woman starts to disregard that part of herself and sacrifice it for security, she starts to die very, very slowly. That's just the reality of it. And I really hope that any women listening to this will have a lot more self-respect in themselves than to commit to such mediocrity. Find a man of substance. They do exist. They're just not as plentiful as the idiots. <laughs> and when I say idiots, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. That's just the word I use for, for a man who really is refusing to, to, to understand himself or even wanting to understand himself. Every so, movie depicts the woman at the wedding who the best friend is getting married and uh, he's the bridesmaid. And she's like, oh my God, when will I ever find my guy for keeps? <laughs> Hopefully never. So you can continue having a beautiful life and you can, you know, you can choose to relate to a beautiful man for 25, 30 years, but it's the commitment that starts to fuck people up. I can't wake up tomorrow and promise you that I'll feel the same way in my nature as I did today. Anyone who tells you that has no understanding of themselves or how life functions. So the way that I'm hearing you talk about, like you just said, um, she should, you know, it's stupid to want to, the, the commitment, to, to want the commitment or chase the commitment. Is that part right? Yeah, I want to clarify that. It's not stupid to chase commitment. What I mean is, what are you committed to? Hmm. She needs to be committed to herself. 
she needs to be in a full-time monogamous relationship with herself first. She needs to be committed to what she needs in the way that she needs it. And if that happens to be one male for her entire life, beautiful. Commit to that because it's a part of you. But most people aren't really asking themselves these questions and feeling out the answers. You should be deeply committed to yourself. Because this will navigate you through your life in terms of the way that you need to be for your health, your happiness, and all of the wonderful things that go along with that. And it's also in a woman's nature that when her heart starts to open and a specific energy has been responsible, a specific man has been responsible for opening that energy, she wants to be there totally for him. And this is one of the most beautiful powers that a woman possesses, her complete unwaveringness and unconditionalness in her ability to love. This is the quality that I'm always attempting to bring women back to. This place in them, because this is their natural embodiment. This is something that they can do besides birthing a child that nobody else can do. So this will naturally happen when a woman meets a specific man who opens her in a specific way. When this happens, the woman will never be feeling like she must commit to this guy forever. She'll want to support. She'll want to be unconditional, but she'll also be totally free in herself. She will not feel trapped. She will not feel held down. Because unconditional love and her natural embodiment cannot be there to that degree if there's a contract in place. Because the contract starts to choke it out. It starts to strangle the free form flow that is naturally within a woman. The commitment I'm talking about is the commitment where a woman thinks the man is, oh, he's so amazing and he's so wonderful and he makes me feel all these things. I bet he does because he's buying into your childishness. He's supporting your childishness. He's not calling on anything deeper from you. He's supporting all the ways that you want to continue in your own bullshit. He's not shining any light on anything that you're doing. Does this make sense to you, the difference in, in what I'm communicating? Absolutely. It actually gave me a ton of clarity. Good. So there's a big difference. I'm not saying don't be committed. I'm saying look at what you're committing to because a lot of the time people are only committing to things that are completely outside of themselves in the hopes that the commitment to this thing will complete them. Mm -mm. (laughs) 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 Shit isn't going to (laughs) work. Well, and you know, as you're talking about it, I'm like, yes, I I think you articulated something for me. So that I had just one last question so we can wrap it up after this. You mentioned something very important to me on the webinar also. You, I, I want you to explain in your words how you feel when you see women um, 
or actually, I'm going to let you describe the, the way women are now in makeup and clothes and heels and that kind of thing. Because <laughs> I want women to hear it. I don't, we never hear this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm always operating, just to preface it, I'm always operating in the only place I can operate from, and that is from my nature, what my nature wants what my nature loves and appreciates and just how it functions. And I ask everybody to do the exact same thing. And if that means disregard everything I have said, then disregard everything that I've said. When it comes to the makeup and the way women present themselves in our current society, it's deeply unattractive to me, personally, as a man. When a woman's wearing makeup, when a woman is wearing super tight clothes, when a woman's wearing her high heels, when a woman, because she's walking like a baby lamb in those high heels, there's nothing, nothing that my maleness finds attractive to that. All it does for me is lets me know how much work I'm going to have to do with her. That's the reality of it. A woman's ability to masquerade has nothing to do with what is beautiful and powerful about her. If a woman comes to me and she's leaning in to kiss me with makeup, it's I don't want to taste it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to lick it. I appreciate it, but please take the shit off your face. (laughs) If I wanted to be with a clone, (laughs) I would join the circus. (laughs) But I'm here because I want to be with a woman. And I want to experience a woman. The reason that I'm so forthcoming with that is because this is the one part of femininity that has really taken our women from us. It's the part that is having women terrified of getting old to the point where they're injecting shit into their faces, into their bodies, cutting their their face open to recorrect their nose or cutting their breasts open to stick big toxic pieces of material inside of themselves just to adhere more to the shininess that we have denominated our women to. And men are supporting this, but it's not a man. A man would never support that. It's a child that's supporting it. It's a man who's been so deeply indoctrinated by chase the shiny bait that now women say, oh, you know what? I got to dress in the bait. I got to wear the costume. And every day she wastes so much energy having to get up and plaster stuff in her face and attempting to look a certain way and looking at her body and hating on herself. Women have come to a point of deep self-hatred where they have no value and everything they do is based on comparisons of what we're shown beauty to be. This is one of the saddest parts for me as a man to have to come in contact with. A lot of the time I spend with women and the work that I do is just being in a room with them or on a call with them as they just cry and cry and scream. And all this crying, all this emotion is just there Because they need to let it go just to start feeling normal again. It's become so backed up. So how can you expect a woman to be fearless or to be in her power 
if everything she's been doing in her life has been to support self-hatred. Women, you beautiful, beautiful, powerful, substantial women, stop. Stop being around men who, who put blessings on you and award you for how good you can masquerade. It's like, oh, I like you in the heels. So he can then fuck you and dump in you. You're not supposed to be a dumping ground. Wise up. Grow up. You're going to have to put down a lot of childish stuff in order to come back in contact with yourself and your love of self. It's going to be very confronting. It's going to be intimidating. It's going to be scary. It's going to be overwhelming in, in ways that you never even thought possible. But just know that there are people that exist that can be there for you. But as soon as you start doing the work, these people will start showing up. The most sexy, arousing, beautiful part of a woman is her authenticity. In this exact moment, based on how she's feeling in this exact moment. If that just so happens to be your tears that aren't exaggerated, that are not performed, but that are coming from a place of you being deeply present with yourself and just feeling the reality of you, that's beautiful. That will bring you so much more energy. And I have such a deep, deep soft spot for women at this point in the work that I do because I see what they go through. I see what they walk in the door with. So I couldn't possibly keep my mouth shut. Women lose sleep because of how much pressure they put on themselves to be and look a certain way. Men have it too, to, to many different varying degrees. But right now I'm speaking to the women. And the men, you need to see what your expectations of women are doing around you. A man needs to support something of a different quality because his life is suffering also. Just hearing you talk about this from the female perspective in and of itself triggers so much pain because despite how far I've come, mm -hmm. there's still so much of this. It's, oh, it's so insidious. It's so, so deeply scarring that until you said it that day and today, it didn't dawn on me how deep this runs. Mm -hmm. I still have people, whether it's family or friends or other people who watch what I eat they question what I wear. They wonder about how I dress, talk, walk, act, behave. Um, like anything and everything is up for discussion. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember a, a, a really cool example. I was at a family wedding this year and my uncle went to my sister and said, hey, tell your sister to go lose some weight. And my sister turned around and she said, how dare you? 
decide for her what she does with her body. I'm not telling her anything. And then when I, when all was said and done, I called him and I said, look, I give you an immense amount of margin for what you said because you raised me. And I know why you're saying it. I know the place it's coming from, but I want you to understand what happened when you said that. I said, you took me to a place of deep self-doubt and self-hate. And in all this time, all you actually had to do to express the care that you were trying to express was to come to me and say, how are you really doing? It was such a distorted way of saying, I care about you. And, and he got so quiet when I said that because he understood it. And I told him, I said, you should be glad that I have the communication skills that I do because anybody else would have hated you. Mm-hmm. And you're comparing me to your 20-year-old, uh, my 20-year-old cousins. Mm-hmm. And you never once asked me, uh, or, or thought about it and said, what has she been dealing with in the last 13 years? Let me at least ask her how she's doing. Yes. But no, we're going to go to how much is she eating or what is she eating or what she should and shouldn't do. But here's the really, really beautiful thing. In that same wedding, I let loose. Like I, I love dancing. So I... I didn't care who was watching. I I let the world have it. And I had on two separate occasions, I had two older women like in their 60s and and beyond uh, from my my culture, my community, which, which makes it an even bigger deal. Come up to me separately and tell me no matter what the world says, whether it's your parents, your friends, doesn't matter who says it to you, do not ever change who you are. Mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you how much those words meant to me yeah it it dawned on me that those women those women at, at some point in their life or even now felt as alive as they saw me and they know what our culture does to women Maybe perhaps I don't know why these women came up to me, but I have a suspicion that they probably at some point in their lifetime when they were growing up, they pro- also saw examples of women being suffocated. They probably also are full of joy. And I know one of them personally, so I know how she is. She's 60 and she's funny and she's sassy and she's like, you know, she's just amazing. And both of these women, for some reason, decided okay, here's one who is fully expressing herself and perhaps because we understand how our culture, how society, whether you're in the East or West, like what it does to women, they Mm -hmm. both decided to come up and tell me. Mm -hmm. And I would even add to the don't ever change yourself. What I'd add to that, just from my concern as a male for the female community, what I would add is never change yourself but know yourself as deeply as you can because someone who knows themselves is going to look after themselves. That's beautiful. And I think it's the perfect place to 
close out this call. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed the the style and the just the communicating with you in general. It's always fun. And I really hope that this call has has touched, you know, the women who, who are listening to it. And I really hope it's helped shed some information for the men. 